It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Special edition of Locked On Cougars begins right now as he talk tight ends with tight ends coach Steve Clark. How good can this position group be for BYU? He explains. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the podcast. This is a special edition of the podcast talking BYU tight ends. Had a great chance earlier on in BYU training camp to talk with tight ends coach Steve Clark, one of my favorite dudes to interview in the entirety of the BYU football program. Uh, Kind of a self-deprecating, sarcastic type of guy, but always gives good intel as well when it comes to his position group and we like I said we talked about this early on in training camp this is before the news came out this past week of Mason Wake stepping away from football now Wake does leave a gigantic hole for BYU because he's been such an integral part of BYU's offense for the past four years there's there's no doubt that replacing a guy like Mason Wake is going to take obviously some uh, multiple people to do that but in conversations with folks since we did this interview with Steve Clark and you hear him talk about some of these guys I've had multiple people tell me that keep an eye on Ray Paulo, as well as Mason Fakahua as two guys who are going to step into that role that Mason Wake has been filling for BYU, that being the fullback when you're in rundowns, uh, playing an H-back uh, in terms of that up-back look when BYU using some of their pistol packages, and also just traditional tight end packages. That's the thing about this, is BYU expects these two guys, speaking of Fakahua as well as Paulo, to step in and fill the role of Mason Wake, and there is some thought out there from those same people that between those two players in particular, and obviously with the other tight ends on the roster, Mata of uh, Taase, the transfer from Southern Utah, along with more of your traditional tight ends, Isaac Rex, uh, um, also Ethan Erickson, etc. On down the list, um, also Jackson Bowers. Can't forget about Jackson Bowers. The thought is particularly between Apollo as well as Mason Fakahua that BYU is actually more athletic at that spot that Mason Wake played, just simply due to the accumulation of injuries that ultimately have necessitated that Mason Wake step away from football. So keep an eye on that. It's something to track, obviously, throughout training camp upcoming throughout the final under three weeks to go till BYU kicks it off against Sam Houston State, but it's absolutely a storyline to watch. The other thing you'll hear Coach Clark talk about is how often he expects BYU to use multiple tight ends on the field this season. You can expect it will absolutely be something BYU looks into. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Steve Clark, BYU tight ends coach. You've got a, a fairly deep group of tight ends this year, but some new faces in there as well. Yeah. But I wanted to start talking about some of your some of your veterans, most notably Isaac Rex. Uh, I think you mentioned in the spring that he had all that hardware taken out of his ankle that was put in there. How different does he look right now versus what he looked this time last year? Right now he looks good, uh-huh. but you know it's the first day. Yes. So we'll see how it how it how when, as we progress. Mm-hmm. You know, last year he started off pretty good, but then he got sore. We're hoping that doesn't happen, but it could. Were you impressed that he battled through as much as he did last year? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> he was amazing what he did. Uh, he was hurting every practice, but he he went out. He never missed. We'd try to take him out, and there was times we we did, but 
he was always there, never complained. So, um, if he's good, I mean, if it's 100%, it just shows you how much better he'll be this year. How difficult was that as a coach? Because obviously you don't want to rein these guys back, but at the same time, you got to be careful with them at the same time. Yeah, not not too difficult. Uh-huh. I just think that's my if that's my kid, you know. It just, it, it, I well, got to take him out. Yeah, you know, I'm just not going to do that to him. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just not. So, it was more difficult keeping them out than it was taking them out. Okay. Now, with regards to Mason, obviously he's been around the program for a long, long time now. What does he need to do this fall camp that he hasn't done maybe previously, if anything? Um, just consistency. Okay. I just think that he doesn't need to do anything that he hasn't done. He's done it all. But just consistency, maybe. Um, uh, more violent okay. in his approach. Um, I know that sounds bad, but you know it's, that's what I'm looking for. It's know? a violent game. It's a violent game, <laughs> and that's that's. Uh, Mason is. Mason doesn't miss. Uh, he knows what he's doing. He knows where he's going. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little bit more of an attitude when he's when he gets there. Okay, fair enough. Uh, with regards to guys like him, Nason Coleman comes into this program mm-hmm. as a newcomer. W- obviously, he was a three-star prospect, and he's here as a preferred walk, as I understand it. What does he bring to the program? Uh, so, route running. Okay. Really good route running, good hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, did re- some really good things today in the in the route running, but there's two parts to it. Yeah. So, you know, I think that um, he's getting there route running running wise. He needs to. Um, get there also quicker in the, in the run game. Now, Ethan was a guy, I remember talking to Coach uh, Roderick, and he, he felt like Ethan could really establish himself last year, and he had his moments, it felt like, but how, how, how has he looked so far? I know it's only day one, but like in terms of off-season workouts and the like. So, I, or, Ethan has a lot of talent, mm-hmm. and we're trying to harness that talent in the right direction. Mm-hmm. He just, he wants to get out and run. He's, you know, he, he wants, he's a horse. He wants to get out and he wants to run. Yeah. He's a, a court, or what do they call it? The Kentucky Derby horses. He wants to thoroughbred. run. Thoroughbred. Yeah. He's a thoroughbred. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's kind of harnessing um, that into the scheme mm-hmm. that he needs to work on. Now, Anthony Olsen, I actually had a chance to see him at the Powder League the other night, and he's a basketball player. You just told me he's a really good golfer, funny enough. So he's a, he's a multi-sport athlete. He had one of the best catches of spring camp they've had it all over yeah. on social media how has he looked so he's he put on the most muscle i think he he improved the most in the weight room okay um it's never been about anthony it's never been about the the catching the route running it's mm-hmm. been the physical aspect that he never really got playing one year in in high school mm-hmm. so um that's where we're focused on he did some good things today too though mm-hmm. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Mata'ava Ta'ase, did I pronounce that correctly? Mm -hmm. I just call him Tava. Tava, okay, I like that. I'll just do, I'll go with that. That's even easier for me. But comes in from Southern Utah. What led to you ultimately bringing him here? Like, what, what was the recruitment process like for that? So, um, you know, Blair Peterson went to, from yes. here, took the same offense down 
Uh, Tava just mentioned that he would he would like to jump. You know, he's in the port that he would mm -hmm. be interested in coming here. Um, and we like that because he knows the he knows this offense is very uh, complex for tight ends and fullbacks. So with all the signals, all the shifts, everything that goes into it, it was intriguing that to us that he already knew it all, and he and he does. I mean, he he knows it all. We don't have to really start from day one. He mm -hmm. knows it. So. And then he's a big body, so. Uh, I also want to ask about Ray Paulo. Is he, I guess, if, Tava, you mentioned he's kind of new to the offense. Is Ray kind of starting from square one in a way? Yes, Ray's starting from square one. But, but you know, that size and that speed and that agility, you know, we'll, we'll find a place. I mean, we'll, we got, if we have to pare things down for Ray, we'll, we'll do it to, to get him on the field. Now, what's your, what's your favorite formation? Are you a 12 personnel guy? Cause Absolutely. You're tight okay. <laughs> That's my favorite personnel. Uh huh. Uh, my favorite formation. I can't. I can't tell you that. Okay. That's state that's, secrets. That's, yeah, that's off limits. Okay. Now, last thing for me is obviously we've kind of went through all these bodies of tight and There's a number of them there. What do you want to see most from them here here in fall camp, getting ready for the season? Um. I I, I want to say we we're talking a lot about um, having a passion for the game. Okay. And playing with passion every single day. It's easy the first day. Mm -hmm. Day 14, 15, it's doing the same thing. Um, I think for the for the older guys, the veterans, I want to see more more detail, okay. more detail in what they're doing. He head placement, hand placement, routes at the right depths. Um, you know, just kind of honing in on little things. Um, but, you know, that's that's the biggest thing. And then the other guys just learning. The, ba the basics of the offense is, is kind of what we're what we're working on right now. And become again, the it's day one, so yeah. become the quarterback's best friend. Is that the, that's the goal, right? That's that's yeah. That's always for a tight end. That's always yeah. That's that's what we're that's what we're doing. And and they're getting to, they had a great summer with each other. Yeah. Which you know hopefully that'll carry on through through the fall. Um, but yeah, and and Keaton and and Jake are really good at telling them. This yeah. is where we we want you. This is sit here. Yeah. Keep going here. You know that's a hard throw for me here. That you know mm -hmm. it'd be better if you did it this way. So you know let's you know keep working with you know with the quarterbacks and getting input from them. And yeah. So yeah. Hopefully we'll we'll continue to do that. There you go, Steve Clark, BYU tight ends coach. You heard him talk about the fact he loves 12 personnel. Don't be surprised if they do what they call 13 personnel. And if, for those of you who may not know what 12 and 13 personnel refer to, the numbers refer to how many running backs and tight ends are on the field at any given time. The one in this instance means there's one running back. One running back, and the, the 12 personnel means there's two tight ends. Obviously, you can do the math to add how many ever, other wide receivers by doing this math. If you have 11 personnel, one, uh, one running back, one tight end. 21 personnel. Two running backs, one tight end. 13 personnel is one running back and three tight ends on the field. Do not be surprised if BYU utilizes that package more so this season than they ever have before. I would expect heavy doses of at least two tight ends on the field for BYU. When you have weapons like Isaac Resk and Ethan Erickson, along with the aforementioned Mason Fakahua, Ray Paulo, Jackson Bowers, on down the list, there is no shortage of options for BYU to throw these weapons onto the field and to have high-level tight end play 
play is a key, a key to great success on offense in this day and age of college football and historically, especially for BYU. Think of the greatest offenses in BYU history. Traditionally, those have all had a high-level tight end who may have even single-handedly led BYU in receiving in those seasons. That's how important a player this can be for the BYU offense. So keep an eye on this tight end group. It's a very unique, diverse, and deep set of athletes. The biggest question mark is beyond Isaac Rex. There's not much proven production, and that will be the ultimate question mark. My question for you guys uh, listening and or watching this podcast is which of these tight ends do you guys think will break out? Let me know. Drop it in the comments below on YouTube. Send us a tweet. Uh, drop us a note on Instagram or Facebook as well. Love to hear your guys' insight on this and obviously anything else you think about this tight end position as we continue to grind our way closer and closer to the kickoff of the BYU football season. We'll have more interviews like this upcoming throughout the upcoming week and into next week here on Locked On Cougars and obviously our radio regular daily episodes every single day as well. So until then, have a great rest of your day, my friends. This has been a special edition of the Locked on Cougars podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.